Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Director podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about film school. Alright, like I said, today we're going to be talking about film school, but not so much specifically if you should or shouldn't go to film school. It's more of like pros and cons and kind of like what I went through, the process that I went through in deciding um, whether film school was right or wrong for me. And I'll tell you guys at the very end what I ended up deciding doing. But first, excuse me, a couple of things we're going to be doing is I have a, I have a ton, a ton ton of movie news for you guys. This was a busy, busy week from Sunday to Sunday. So the first thing that I wanted to go over was um, new releases and IMDb scores. Like I said, I really like IMDb uh, for their movie ratings. I'm not really into like Rotten Tomatoes or I just, I don't know. I just don't like Rotten Tomatoes. Let's just, let's just go with that. Uh, so this week that we just had released this Friday was Fifty Shades Darker. John Wick 2 and the Lego Batman movie. So those ones just came out. I haven't seen any of them yet. I'm actually debating whether or not I'm going to go see the Lego Batman movie tonight. Um, I saw one of my friends tweeting about it and saying that it was really good. But nonetheless, it looks like Fifty Shades Darker is coming in hot with a solid 5.0, which means this movie was garbage. Um, I haven't seen the first one. I heard the first one was actually good, though. I'm going to look that up and see what the first one was. Because, let's see, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, that one was bad, too. It got a 4.1. It was worse. How, how does that even get approved for a sequel? See, that's what blows my mind is, you know, people bitch and complain about about movies. And they, you know, get shut down and they don't get sequels. But Fifty Shades of Grey has two. And they both pulled in, you know, a 5.0 or a 4.0. How's that even happen? John Wick 2. Now, I... This might sound kind of funny. I don't know if I've seen the first one or not. I feel like I have, but then at the same time, I feel like I haven't. And I'm leaning more towards the negative. I don't think I've actually seen it. But John Wick 2 pulled in an 8.6, which is incredible. That's a great score. And when I saw the trailer, I thought maybe, like, to me, this movie would pull in, like, a 6.5, 6.7. Like, it's not bad. Definitely worth watching. It's got Keanu Reeves in it. But an 8.6 is incredible. And one thing that I noticed is when I saw that it pulled in an 8.6, I was like, okay, cool. Well, who's the director? I've never heard of this guy before. He's actually a stuntman. And he's worked on, he was a stuntman for 300, The Matrix, V for Vendetta, The Hunger Games. Uh, he does a little bit of acting, it looks like. I mean, stunts. It just, you know, it just says stuntman. But the only two films he's directed was John Wick and John Wick 2. So... Props to Chad Stahelski, S-T-A-H-E-L-S-K-I, Stahelski. Um, congrats to him, like major, major props. John Wick and John Wick 2. And John Wick, the first one, pulled in a 7.2. So his movies just like are getting better, which is awesome. That that's, makes me really, really interested in, in going and seeing it. And I might actually have to go see John Wick 2 instead of... Uh, the Lego Batman movie. I'll go see both of them. But Lego Batman movie coming in with a solid 8.0, which is awesome because uh, the Lego movie was incredible. I loved it. I thought, you know, I thought it would be fun. Oh, yeah, it's a Lego movie, but the Lego movie freaking kicked ass. And uh, yesterday I was watching a couple videos and 
just a couple things on the Lego Batman movie, and it looks like they're pulling a lot of, oops, really cool stuff. Like, what's really cool is that they're referencing any any cinematic Batman appearance, like, whatsoever. So you have Adam West Batman, Michael Keaton, George Clooney, uh, Val Kilmer, Ben Affleck, Christian Bale. Like, they reference all of those in this film, which is super awesome. And one thing that I thought was really, really funny was that Zach Galifianakis plays the Joker, and I didn't know that, but I really like Zach Galifianakis, so I thought that was actually a pretty pretty nice um, nice and fun touch on that. So those are the three movies. I'll list them off again. Fifty Shades, Darker, with a solid 5.0, John Wick with an 8.6, and the Lego Batman movie with an 8.0. Um, let's see. Coming soon, The Great Wall will be out next week with uh, Matt Damon. A Cure for Wellness is coming out. That one looked interesting it got a 7.0 pre-rating um it's got jason isaacs in it i've always liked him as an actor and then we got a fist fight coming out on the 17th as well and that's really about it for major movies the only one that's coming out that's gonna be one that i'll probably go see is logan and that one's on march 3rd so that's it in uh movie news i guess on the imdb app there was a couple birthdays Tara Strong. I've been a big fan of Tara Strong ever since Fairly Odd Parents. Um, so it's her birthday today. She is 44. So uh, yeah, happy birthday to Tara Strong. But I do have some movie news, like I said, for you guys. And so most of it, actually quite a lot of it, four, like let's see, four out of my, uh, I guess four, half of it is about the Justice League. But a lot of news has been released in the past week for the Justice League. So um, let's see the first one. Actually, I'm going to save that one for for later. Okay, so this one's a good one. So one thing that I did really like that I saw is that um, Justice League aims to be the, quote, rebirth of hope. And one thing that I really liked about that was, um, and it, let me actually, let me just read you this quote from, let's see, I, I'm trying to remember, I, it doesn't show what his first name is, it just says Caro, I'm assuming that's his last name. Um, Damon, Damon Carroll, Damon Carroll. He's working on the Justice League. Uh, he's a, the assistant director to Zack Snyder. So he says in an interview, quote, The interesting thing is, on Man of Steel, in Zack Snyder's head, he had the storyline treatment of where they were going to go. And at the beginning of Batman vs. Superman, it was even richer and deeper. So he knew when he was doing Man of Steel that it was going to lead into Batman vs. Superman, lead into um, the Justice League. And then um, it was even richer and deeper. The arc was Batman versus Superman was the midway point and the darker movie, right? So it's like Superman is the rise. Batman versus Superman is the climax and the fall. And then the Justice League is supposed to be the the next rising point, right? So it says, hence what happens at the end, the whole time the whole tone of it was darker. If you play your story all at one level, there are no peaks and valleys, there is no life. Um, the great stories, the Greek tragedy, tragedies, even the life we have, even in life, we have to be knocked down before we can build our way back up. Justice League was always the rebirth of hope and the rise. People try to say it's because of the response and the backlash. And I definitely say criticisms were heard, but it's not like we threw everything out and started over with a blank slate. It's a bit like Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Strikes Back. Very dark movie. But then the return of the Jedi is the rise and the rebuilding of hope. And that's one thing that I thought was really cool. Um, 
and I'm not trying to just pick on it. It's just my humble personal opinion is that I noticed that Marvel, they're all kind of the consistent, like, same level, and I just wasn't into that. And I like that Superman was kind of like the build of hope and every all this uh, all these feelings that you felt for, for I mean it definitely wasn't a super hopeful movie but you know it's more of like a build up like Superman is here and he's ready to save people and then just totally gets his freaking shit kicked in by by Batman kind of breaks down that hope and then you know Justice League is supposed to be the rebuild the rebuild of hope which I think is going to be great I think it'd be cool um, I definitely think it was executed kind of poorly i do like those movies obviously but i think they could have executed that whole idea in 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 a different way that made it less i guess jarring you know next little bit of news is uh zach snyder quote justice league has a complex group dynamic and he had this uh he had this quote and this is just something i wanted to read that i thought was cool so this is a quote from Zack Snyder. It says, One of the more rewarding aspects of creating the Justice League was having explain, having fun exploring the dynamic between this diverse group of larger-than-life characters with, the des- with their desperate backgrounds, ethics, and unique perspectives, all trying to come together and work as a team. And that's just something I thought was really cool, just because these characters are so diverse and they are challenging, and getting them to work together is part of the story. And that's why I think I really enjoyed Batman vs. Superman, is that, you know... Nobody just shows up wanting to work with each other. It's the same thing that happens in Captain America Civil War, right? Nobody shows up and just wants to work with each other or just wants to be friends or or deal with it or work out their problems. Everyone sees the world in a different way, and I think that that's what teams are built on, you know? Next bit of news. Let's see. The Batman. We talked about this last time. Uh, Ben Affleck has dropped his position as the director of the Batman movie. And it looks that looks like Matt Reeves is confirmed to direct. So for those of you who don't know, Matt Reeves worked on um, Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the... Like, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, which is really cool. It looks like he was a... Worked on Cloverfield, Star Wars The Force Awakens. So he's... So it says here, it's a quote from this article, it says, He's become something of a maverick of taking over pre-existent multi-billion dollar franchise and has evidence, as evidence from the Planet of the Apes series. I'm pretty okay with that. I thought I was going to be really kind of bummed out or skeptical on who they decided to pick to be the new director, but I'm actually really okay with that. I very, very, very much so enjoyed the Planet of the Apes movies. Okay, moving on. Justice League synopsis, and actually, I'm going to pull up a different article that I was looking at the other day, Justice League synopsis, there we go, there was a more detailed synopsis that I ended up reading about it, but so far, what we can tell is that Steppenwolf is going to be the new, is is so Steppenwolf is confirmed as the main villain, and uh, the Mother Box plays a huge role in the movie as well. So it looks like, I wonder if this is the same thing, and I just looked up the same thing two times because I'm an idiot. Okay, here we go. So the official synopsis for the film is, that it was re- released on Friday, because we, we were getting Justice League news, and this is what it was. Um, also, 
One thing that kind of pissed me off was that we didn't get no Justice League spotlight in the freaking Super Bowl. Real quick, the Super Bowl was kind of a... I mean, the game was really good, but the commercials and... That was really, like, they just kind of sucked. No Doritos commercial? What the hell is this? Um, anyways. So it says here, Fueled by his restored faith in humanity and, spy and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the helps of his newly found ally, Diana Prince, so Wonder Woman, to face an even greater enemy. Together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to find and recruit a team of metahumans to stand against this newly awakened threat. But despite... The formation of this unprecedented League of Heroes, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash, it may already be too late to save the planet from an assault of, a, of catastrophic proportions. Um, this, this video that I watched about a trailer breakdown just kind of talked about how, you know, at the very end of the extended version of Batman vs. Superman, you've got Steppenwolf, and he's got these three cubes in front of him, and it's just, you know, what does that mean? So going into comic book history, those are called the mother boxes. They also pointed out that there was a couple, like, I didn't notice this, but there was a couple other places within Batman vs. Superman that the mother boxes had a great role, or I guess... I shouldn't say had a great role, but they were there and they were noticeable. And one of them specifically was when Cyborg's father was working on... So Victor Stone's dad was trying to make him come back to life, right? So he's trying to make him come back to life and turn him into Cyborg. And there's that glowing, pulsating cube thing that's in front of him. And it ends up going towards Victor and turning him into what we now know as Cyborg. With that being said, Steppenwolf is looking for these three mother boxes, which is what he has at the very end of Batman vs. Superman. And um, so I'm thinking that Cyborg is going to be have a pretty critical role in the Justice League where he's made from one of these mother boxes. So maybe there's like something wrong with him or maybe he kind of like, like there's a scene specifically where the flash like jumps out of the way in the trailer and dodges out of the way from a red laser beam being shot at him. Like maybe it's one of cyborgs because he's ends up fighting against the justice league to help Steppenwolf just because of, I mean, not because he wants to, but more so because, you know, they used his parents used something evil to bring him back to life. So it's like, you know, paying the ultimate price. Which could or could not be a thing, but I think the main the main preface is Justice League is trying to get the mother boxes and Steppenwolf is trying to get the mother boxes, and that's the whole idea behind driving the plot forward. Also in the trailer you can see that there's Knights, you know, knights in shining armor, and they're burying these uh, mother boxes. So go back, watch the Justice League trailer, and you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. Hopefully, it like kind of makes sense. That's just how it rang in to me, and kind of made sense to me. But also at the same time, when I was hearing it explained um, by this video that I watched, and they were referencing like comic books and things like that, then. Um, it made more sense. And one thing that they also pointed out is that if Steppenwolf is the main villain in Justice League Part 1, or I guess Justice League 1, then in Justice League 2, Darkseid should should be the villain for that one, mostly because Steppen, like Darkseid, Steppenwolf reports to Darkseid. That's just kind of what everyone's thinking and kind of going on there. So off topic from Justice League, that's all the Justice League news that I have. Um... Mostly because I'm very, very excited for that film. I'll probably have a lot more for you guys hopefully next week and 
finding more stuff. But I wanted to talk about the Avengers Infinity War because we had our first real, I guess, teaser, if you want to call it that. It wasn't a trailer. It wasn't really much anything. It was just a, a teaser film. Uh, a little teaser video, and if you guys go on the IMDb app, it's on one of the top, it's on the very top headliner, it's one of the main stories, and you can watch it there, um, but a couple things that I wanted to go over with that is that it, it starts out, and there's Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr., and it talks about how they're on the set of the Avengers, and they're just, you know, really grateful that they could be there, and they feel like it's going to really push the Marvel Universe forward, and, you know, it's going to really push together the you know, just the Marvel universe and, and it's, it's going to set not necessarily like a new tone, but it seems like what they were saying is that Captain America's civil war is, it played a huge part in why the Avengers infinity war is going to be the way that it is because, you know, Tony is no longer talking to, you know, it's like Iron Man's not talking to Captain America. They're not really talking to each other. And it, the, I, the point that they made, which I really liked was, which is funny because Batman vs. Superman did the same thing, but apparently it was garbage. But I know I'm going to keep saying that because I can't get over it. But the whole idea of doing Captain America Civil War was to to divide them because they, how, you know, it's like, how do we break down the most powerful force in the entire world, which is the Avengers? Well, you tear them apart. You break them down. So the biggest challenge in the Avengers movie is going to be them getting along and them you know, joining their, joining together again and being able to defeat whoever the common enemy is going to be. But one thing that also is very cool is that they're, they've decided to re like to unite the Avengers with the guardians of the galaxy. So what the hell is his name? Star-Lord, Star-Lord, Rocket Raccoon, like all these people are going to be in the Avengers movie, which I actually think is going to be pretty, pretty cool and makes me want to go see it just because I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's the uh, Avengers news I have for you guys. And it looks like moving on, we're at Jurassic World 2, which I'm actually pretty excited for. Jurassic Park is probably my favorite movie of all time that's like a classic movie. Um, it says they cast Silence of the Lambs, Ted Levine. I don't really know him other than Silence of the Lamb. I haven't really even seen that movie that much, but it looks like they're casting him for a major role, but it's still um, it's still unconfirmed what it is he's going to play. So that's all the Jurassic World news that I've seen. And then this is actually something I was very excited for, is Van Helsing is going to get a reboot. And what's cool about it is it says here on this article, Van Helsing writer says the reboot isn't a, quote, superhero movie. I'm actually a big fan of the 2004 Van Helsing movie. I really, really enjoy Hugh Jackman. I've met Kate Beckinsale before. Big fans of them both. And so with the reboot of this, I was actually super excited when I when I saw this just because I really, really enjoyed it. Um, they kind of mentioned that when the first one came out, a lot of people criticized it for being way over the top action and for being really reliant on CGI, which is funny because like... 99% of movies now rely on CGI, but um, I guess the writers of it just... So this is what's really cool. Uh, the new Van Helsing may not have a director or a star yet, but it does have a pair of writers. Passengers writer John Spates, I'm assuming it's Spates, and arrival writer Eric Heiser. God, why do people got to have some fucking difficult names? Hi, it's H-E-I-S-S-E-R-E-R. -E -E Heiserer, Heiserer, 
I don't fucking know. Anyways, Arrival was fucking awesome. I heard Passengers was good. So having them both be in this Van Helsing universe is something that I think is going to be awesome. So looking forward to more of that. I can't wait to share with you guys some more Van Helsing news as soon as I hear more about it. But I think that that's something that's going to be fucking awesome. I think with with the way that films are being shot in the present day, going back and rebooting this film, I think it could be really, really good. So... That's your latest update on Van Helsing news. I'll keep you guys updated on that one as well. Warcraft 2, director waiting on Legendary for sequel update. So it looks like the director, Junkin, Duncan, Junkin, I almost said Junkin Jones, Duncan Jones um, has stated that he is 100% down to make a Warcraft 2. He's just making, or he's waiting on Legendary. Apparently, the distributing company, Legendary, has been indecisive on if they want to make a new one or not um i personally i I liked the first one i just didn't think it was what i i went in with i think expectations that were a little too high i was really really excited for it and it didn't really deliver but that's probably just because i expected too much but i would love to see a second one i think it would be great and i'm really stoked that duncan jones is down to be a part of it you know having a director that's committed and excited about the project just makes me excited about it then um actually i'm not going to go over this last one i feel like it's kind of it's kind of irrelevant it's it's, um it's just about scarlett johansson and ghost in the shell but it really it's not anything spectacular um the last thing that i did see though was that apparently there might be a role for arnold schwarzenegger in Wonder Woman, whether it's this one that's coming out and it's rumored or it's in the Wonder Woman 2. So interesting stuff. I really like Schwarzenegger, but I don't know how he would do in Wonder Woman. So interesting stuff. But today we're going to move on from all of that. So I hope you guys found that useful, but we're going to move on to should you go to film school? There is no right or wrong answer. This is no yes or no. This is no definitive argument or anything like that. I just really wanted to, you know, share with you guys a little bit about what I've discovered and what I've learned, mostly just because I feel like it might be able to help somebody or help somebody, yeah, like help somebody decide whether they want to or not want to, just because going through this and learning about this on my own, I really kind of wish somebody would have you know, told me about it, but, um, basically I'll give you guys a little bit of a backstory. Obviously I want to be a film director. I wouldn't have even started this podcast if that wasn't a thing, but I really want to be a film director. That's my life goal. And so naturally, you know, there's 800 million ways to accomplish that thing, you know, which way is the best way for you. And it's all about finding the route. So for me, it was, you know, Deciding that I wanted to do it and then saying, okay, well, what now? What what do I need to do now? So I went on to just Google and I Googled things like how to become a film director. And actually, surprisingly enough, if you guys go onto Wiki, so Wikipedia has this page called WikiHow, and you can WikiHow anything. You can literally WikiHow how to scramble eggs, and it will give you step-by-step instructions and pictures on how to scramble eggs. So I went on to WikiHow and typed in WikiHow to be a film director. Even though it wasn't the end-all be-all and the best thing I've ever read, it gave me a ton, a ton of really good advice. So I went on there and I read it start to finish and I had all these instructions and it just talked about, and there was a lot of things I didn't know. It talks about 
you know, the Directors Guild of America and how once you've done a certain amount of films, you can, or you've done a big budget enough film, you can register on this website and that's how people find directors and it's kind of like a, like a search engine for directors and you can get paid and how much salary you can make. And it was really, really helpful. So I would definitely recommend you guys go to WikiHow and read up how to be a film director just because it gives you a lot of really basic information, but it's super helpful and it's just stuff that you would, you would never even think to know or think to guess. So that was like my first thing. And I was like, all right, well, you know, it says on there, it says on there as well, you need to decide whether or not you're going to go to film school. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to look into this. Instead of being like, oh, I don't want to go or yes, I do want to go. Why don't I just entertain the thought of both options? So get on Google because, you know, we have the most powerful tool in the entire universe, which is Google, endless amounts of information. So I Googled film schools. And there was a ton of film schools in Los Angeles and there's some in New York and I think there's some in like, there's like one in Texas. And then I found this one in Florida, in Winter Park, Florida called Full Sail University. And I liked this one just because after going, you know, doing some research and going online and checking out their, um, their website and things like that, the reason I liked this one the most was because it was... 20 months, so less than two years, right? And you would graduate with a bachelor's degree in um, film. The reason that you can graduate with a bachelor's degree in two years instead of four, so it's super quick, and in film specifically, is because they do not require a general education course, right? So if I went to this school, I would not have to take any sort of math class or science class, or English class, like, you know what I'm saying, like, things like that, there are things that are relevant, you would need to take, like, writing, and creative, but it's tailored towards films, it's not just a generic writing class that's, that you don't fucking care about, it's like, hey, we're gonna teach you, you know, script writing, and it was so, but it was labeled as an English class, and then there's one that's, um, that was a math class, but it's not really a math class. You're not learning, you know, plugging and chugging and all this other shit that you don't need to fucking remember that they told you you would use every day. Guess what? Haven't used it. Um, yeah, Pythagorean theorems, fuck that shit. It was about budgeting. You took a math class and it taught you how to budget your films. How do you manage your, your budget and how to distribute, you know, the money amongst your production. So it's tailored specifically towards film. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to go there was just because what's been holding me back from going to school is I just don't want to take all these other classes because if I have to take all these other classes that have nothing to do with my degree, I'm just the type of person where I'll become very uninspired and I'll just hate my life and I'll want to give up and I just won't be motivated to do it. But if I was able to just go there and practice and work on my craft and just be surrounded by filmmaking 24-7... I would be an unstoppable force, you know, I just, I'm just that kind of a person, I just don't, I hate it when things are useless, and they're just in your face, you know, cleaning it out, trying to come up with the most narrow, the most narrow path, I feel like is the best, Um, being able to take a big picture, and single it down to a few things, and just really press forward towards those, I think that's very, very powerful um, for, you as an individual and for your motivation. So really wanted to go to this school and that was my um, that was my decision, right? I'm going to go. And I decided this February of 2016. So I remember it was right around my birthday and I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. 
Actually, it was in March. Excuse me. So it was in March. Remember how I told you guys I had that vision board and I took that picture when I was at work? That was in March of 2015. So at that moment, that's when I decided. So I started looking into film school and I started looking into this one specifically. Got everything that I needed to do. Spoke with my counselor on the phone several times. And then it got to the point where they're like, okay, so this is how it works. You go to film school, 20 months. You go Monday through Friday for eight hours a day, film school. So going to film school is a full-time job, which is why you can graduate in literally half the time because you're there all day. You're not allowed to have a job. Mostly, you could, but the reason you're not allowed to have a job is just because you won't have any time for it because you go to school Monday through Friday for eight hours a day. And it's different every single day. She was telling me that there are some days where class will be from 9 to 5, and there's some days where class will be from 5 p.m. until 1 in the morning. You know, it just depends on what you're doing. So getting a consistent schedule in school was literally impossible. So trying to have a job with a consistent schedule was literally impossible. So you weren't allowed to really have a job, which means that on top of all your student loans and your how much it costs for you know per semester and your books and things like that, you also had to have at least an extra 20 grand on your student loans that doesn't go towards anything besides like rent, gas, food. So you're basically borrowing 20,000 plus dollars to exist as a human being while you're attending the school so that you can, you know, so that you can survive and go to school for full time because you're not allowed to have a job. I was okay with that. I was willing to spend the money and or I guess borrow the money and then pay it back just because I really believed in what it is that I was going to do. So I was perfectly okay with that. So I get everything filled out. Everything's good to go. And it comes down to I've been accepted. I'm looking, I'm you know talking to people, looking for roommates. Things are just going really, really well. I'm going to leave in November. So this was November of last year. Uh, I put in my two months notice at work. I was like, hey, I just want to let you guys know I'm leaving on this day. I'm going to start training the new person to take my position. And they were like, okay, great. I was super prepared for this just because everything was going so well. But then it turns out what happened was when I went to apply for financing, um, I, I don't know the best way to explain this. I don't know like the correct term for it. But basically, if you go to a university, like a, I don't know how to say it. Not like, I don't want to use the word legit, but like a legit university where they require you to take general education and you're more likely to go to this university to take a business management course or an accounting course or a journalism course. Like things that are just really generic and not so, you know, film school, dance school, acting, like theater school. If it's more practical then you're you have lit like literally unlimited options for financing. You can get financing from anywhere from anyone and it is very very easy to secure money to pay for your college education, you know, if you were going to school to be, you know, like I said an accountant or even like a doctor, something like that. It's or I don't like I have a friend from work and he's going to be he wants to do an ortho uh, orthodontist course and he, it's super easy for him to get financing for stuff like that just because it's more of like a practical, I guess, real-world job in the eyes of the man or the government or whoever's giving you uh, money. So you have unlimited sources to borrow from. When you go to film school, theater school, or dance school, because it's a performing arts school, um, in the eyes of the man, it is seen as a higher risk, right? So... 
you're less likely to be successful. You're less likely to pay back your student loans, which is why, um, you know, like they just, that's just like one thing that kind of bugs me. Side note here is that they're more likely to pay out the ass for people to become doctors or take business management school, but they won't pay for somebody to express their creativeness when nine times out of 10, I feel like being creative and following your passion is way more important and not even on a personal level, just because, you know, if you look at people like Steve Jobs, he didn't go to school to have a business education. He did go to school, but it was his motivation and his passion that fueled him and, and pressed him forward. And I know that not everybody is a Steve Jobs, but if we were able to give people access to these tools, maybe we could have more Steve Jobs, but people just are afraid, you know, they're afraid, they don't want to, they don't want to pay, they don't, it's just, it's so unpredictable, right, and it's, it's based on luck, and I'll get into luck a little bit later, but there are only five places, one, two, three, four, five places that you can apply for student loans to attend this uh, university, Full Sail University, that they know of, the, the ones that they recommend. Other than that, it's like there's five of them that they recommend and that they're partnered with and that you're pretty guaranteed to secure some type of a loan. Other than that, you're kind of on your own, right? So I'm like, boom, no problem. All I got to do is apply for student loans. So I apply for five out of the five. Two of them, I'm automatically denied. They don't even want to review anything. I'm automatically denied, and I'll tell you why in just a second. And then for the other three of them, I think one of them I was not approved for the amount that I needed, which totally sucked. But there's like a bunch of different rules, and I'll, I'll explain those in a second. And then the other two I was denied as well, but it was for a different reason. So the first two that I was denied for, I was automatically denied because I applied and I they automatically denied me for any sort of funding because for one, I am under the age of 25. And the only reason that's relevant is because I'm under the age of 25 and I had no cosigner. And for those of you that don't know, basically what that means is somebody else who's willing to attach their money to my student loan. So like, let's say you get your mother to cosign for you on your student loans, let's say I become a homeless bum and I can't pay my student loans back, they will come after my mother's money to pay it back. So basically that's what it means. It's just somebody, you know, your mother showing up for you and saying, hey, I'm going to make sure he pays this back. And if he doesn't pay it back, I'll pay it back. So because I was under the age of 25, I was required to have a cosigner on my student loan, which really sucked because my Neither of my parents, my, my mom or my dad, are in any sort of position to co-sign, especially on a loan that big. And let me keep in mind, uh, let me let you, you guys need to keep in mind that the loan that I was asking for was over $100,000, right? So that's the other thing, too, is approaching your parents and saying, hey, I want to borrow $100,000. Will you attach your name to it <laughs> in case I can't pay for it? You will, right? Most parents are going to say no. I don't care how wealthy your parents are. That's that's a big, I mean, convincing them is, is something that's difficult. So my parents are just in no position to do that, right? So with that, I had no co-signers. I spoke to my grandparents, you know, and then it gets more difficult. Getting your parents to, to do it for you is is a 
more difficult battle, but it's more likely to happen, you know, and then you ask, like, your grandparents, and there's, like, no way in hell your aunts or your uncles, you know, no friends, like, there's just nobody, right? So I had nobody to co-sign for me. And another thing, too, which is one of the cons of going to film school or just pursuing this career in general is nobody really believes in you, right? Asking somebody, hey, I want to borrow $100,000 to try to make movies. And um, I actually had this girl at my work. She's really great. Like, really, there's nothing there's nothing else about her that I dislike besides this. But she, um, I told her what I wanted to do when I was older and, you know, pursue my passion and my career. And she told me that it was stupid and it was just pretend and that um, I should grow up and try to, you know, try to be an adult because it was pretend. And I, you know, I liked it, but I disliked it. I liked it because, you know, that was kind of rude of her to say. But then at the same time, it was like, no, I don't want to grow up, man. Pretend, you know, it's like playing pretend is awesome. Besides the point. So I didn't get a co-signer, so I was denied for those two. And then one of them I applied for, okay? I asked for like $130,000 and they sent me a quote back and they're like, hey, we checked everything. We did this, that, and the other, and we've approved you for $24,000. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> but the thing is, I would like, I wish this was a thing, but it's not. I wish I could like accept that $24,000 and then like apply somewhere else and get like, I don't know, $60,000 and then apply somewhere else, you know, and just like, but you can only have one. There's all, you can only have one student loan, um, from one specific place. Like there's just a bunch of rules. You're not allowed to have all these other things. And then the other two, I was denied for the cosigner reason and for the, so I didn't have a cosigner and um, there was like another reason as well. It was like, I didn't have a co-signer. I was under 25 and I hadn't like made enough money or something. I think it's like, if you, if you don't make enough money, but you have a co-signer, then you can get approved. But I didn't make enough money and I had no co-signer. So it's like, if you made enough money, but no co-signer, then you could get in. Like, let's say I'm 23 years old, but I, I personally, I rake in a hundred thousand dollars a year doing my business or whatever, you know, so I couldn't get approved. So I, I got denied by all five of them to go. So that was just like a total, I just remember when that happened, feeling like somebody had punched me in the throat. I remember like my body temperature went up. I felt super hot. I thought I was going to throw up. And, you know, just because like I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, this is my dream. This is my dream. What am I supposed to do? So Leading from that, segueing into a list that I've made of pros and cons of going to film school. So that's why I kind of was like, okay, well, I can either um, I can either pout. I remember thinking this. I can either pout and cry that I can't get into film school and give up on my dream because that's the only way to do it. Or I can do research on how to become a film director without going to film school. And that's what I did. I remember that night... Um, came home after I had been told no by all these people that I wasn't going to give up. I was going to stay positive and I was going to, you know, work on whatever was next. Like what is next for me? What can I do? So I did a bunch of Googling, right? How to become a film director without going to school, things like that. And I decided that, um, so I worked for a car dealership and then I decided that, you know, or so I worked for a car dealership and we make TV commercials to advertise our business. And so I was like, fuck it. 
I'm gonna try to get into the commercial department of my company. I've been here for almost a year. They trust me. This is something that's really good for me. So this is one thing that I will say is if you decide not to go, you must make connections. The first thing I did, so this was on like a Friday, I got told no, that Monday, I sent an email to the creative director of our company who shoots all the commercials and comes up with all the ideas. And I just said, hey, man, I'm really interested in becoming a filmmaker for my career. Um, it seems like you know a lot more than me. I'd really like to take you out to lunch sometime and discuss it. We met up that next day for lunch and we talked for like two hours. And now I'm pretty well partnered with the corporate office and I'm going to be helping doing a lot of TV commercials. I just did a presentation um, a couple weeks ago in the corporate office and things are going really, really well. And I'm just moving my way up getting into a TV commercial. So that's kind of like my journey. And that's my next thing is that I've working in TV commercials for this company that I work for are going to get like three or four under my belt and then use that to my advantage and try to get a job in somewhere in California, not necessarily Los Angeles, but just somewhere for a production company that does a lot bigger budget, higher profile commercials. And that's kind of my next, my next move there. But besides the point, some of the cons that I've listed, so we'll list the cons because the pros definitely outweigh the cons for film school. Um, so the cons is money and cost is the first one. And I feel like that's pretty obvious just because of the story that I told you guys, just like, you know, just barely about my whole, um, kind of journey. And the reason, um, I guess to finish off that story real quick is the reason I d decided just not to go to film school at all when I was denied, you know, cause they say, Oh, if you get knocked down, get up, try, try, try again. But I really decided this is something that I didn't want to try for just because that was a school that I really wanted to go to because there was no bullshit classes and it was just cut and dry. And um, it was just the best thing for me to do to really, you know, accelerate my learning and be around what I loved all the time. I looked into a bunch of other film schools. I was like, well, maybe I can go somewhere else that has better financing options or things like that. But they require a, those classes from me. And I know I'm just not going to, it's just not going to work out for me, unfortunately. So I decided that the next best thing for me to do was to give up on school. It was a great learning experience, but it is not a requirement and that I needed to press forward with, um, with my current plan. So cons, money and cost. If you do have the money for it, good, definitely. I would say if you have the money, if money isn't an issue, fucking go to film school. Absolutely 100%. If money is not an issue, um, just go, you know, be surrounded by other creative people, you know, be a part, be a part of, of, of like a community, learn everything there is to learn about this professional equipment. All these schools have big budget professional filmmaking equipment, you know, be around it, learn it, get in the environment. It's, I would say 100% go. If you can afford it, do it for sure. Do it. If you're in my situation where money is a big issue, uh, it's something that I would maybe less consider. Also, the other thing too, is that leading into going to film school, if you do have the money for it, hundred percent, you need to go. The second part is you need to understand, this is a con. The second part you need to understand is that if you do go, there is no guarantee that anything will happen to you. And I mean that in a 
I hate the word realistic, so I'm not going to use that, but in more of a food for thought kind of way. You need to accept the fact that if you go to film school, you are not guaranteed anything. The only time you're guaranteed anything is when you fucking bust your ass. Like if you just go and you attend and it's fun and you're kind of just like, oh, this is so fun. I, I hope something happens and then you graduate and nobody's calling you on the phone, then, you know, like don't be surprised if you're, you know, if your career just doesn't fucking take off as soon as you're done with school. I would say my plan, honestly, I'm not even kidding. When I was thinking about going to full sale, I didn't even plan on graduating. I wanted to go because I could meet people. Um, there's professors and things like that that have worked in the industry before. The biggest thing for me was making connections. How can I make connections? And I said to myself that if I was to go to film school and I was two months in, three months in, or I was one month away from graduating and somebody called me up that I had met and made a good connection with and said, hey man, I really love the work that you've been doing and the passion you you have while you've been attending Full sale. I want to give you a job, but you have to fly out here in two days. I would, I would fucking leave. I would ditch everything and go take that job. I wouldn't finish my degree because nobody cares. That's one thing you need to realize too that I've talked about is no one gives a shit about your degree. A degree doesn't mean anything. You know, if you graduate and you have a degree, and that's one thing that kind of made me not want to go to film school as well, is that Full Sail has this um, has this page. So it's like you click on the film, the bachelor film degree, and then it says potential jobs that you, you know, it's like potential career paths you could have when you graduated. And the only one that's listed on there is a production assistant. And I looked up what a production assistant was. So you're paying $100,000 to go to school to learn all this technical film stuff and get a degree so that you can fetch coffee, pick up actors, you know, roll up cords, get yelled at. And that's part of it, right? And I'm not saying that like I'm too pretentious for that or I couldn't handle that. I just really thought to myself, you know, well, I can pay over $100,000 to get yelled at and treated like shit or I can pay $0 and just work my way up, right? And I would much rather do that because I'm already, even though I haven't gone to film school, I'm already qualified to be a production assistant. It doesn't fucking take much but a head on your shoulders to run and fetch coffee for people and just kind of be their bitch. So I kind of realized that as well is that I could go spend all this money and I could accelerate my learning and I could meet all these people and learn all these things. But more than likely, I was going to end up a production assistant first. And I would rather just not pay $100,000 and just do it the way I've been doing it. Work at my job. I'm still making money. I'm not rich or anything, but I make enough money to buy film equipment. And I have enough time on my hands that I can go film commercials with the company I'm working for. And, you know, run around and get bags for them. And then eventually what's going to happen is when I'm helping them shoot their commercials one day, I'm sure the creative director, Jake, is going to be like, hey, man, do you want to shoot this? I will let you man the camera or you can be my personal assistant. Like... I would much rather do that because I feel like you kind of have more control over it when you do it that way uh, rather than showing up somewhere, being a production assistant, making minimum wage or doing it as an intern when you have to pay $500 a month to pay back your student loans. You know what I'm saying? So I would say if you do go to film school, you need to bust your fucking ass and make connections. It's not about good grades. It's not about getting a degree or a piece of paper. Like if you go there, you need to talk to everybody and anyone that you can fucking get your hands on. 
or you know get your get their information and you need to call them send them emails meet up with them for lunch and make connections so that you can nail a position like kind of like what I did at my work I emailed the guy and said hey and he was really impressed like this is the thing is if you reach out to somebody especially from from like an email point of view to them it's not like a creepy thing when you're in the creative field it's not creepy right so I got his information from somebody else that knew him said hey I got your information from so and so at my work they mentioned that you are the creative director and that you have a lot of you know say in our TV commercials I really would like to um, and this is legitimately what I wrote I was like I'd really like to hear what you have to say and I have a ton of questions for you I would love to take you out to lunch I offered to pay him, pay for his lunch when could you meet up with me I've done that several times it's even gotten to the point where um, I got in contact with somebody who works for the Discovery Channel and he's a TV producer or he's like a, he's, he works on a TV show and I don't remember what it's called, but it's in Alaska and he's not the director, but he's like the assistant director. So he like mans the camera and a couple crews and things like that. And I ended up getting in contact with him and we're supposed to be having lunch soon. Um, and super random things when I was working retail, I was working retail at a clothing store and I just talked to this guy and I was like, Hey man, I haven't seen you in a couple months. Where you been? And he's like, Oh, I actually, I work on movies. I was out on a movie set and I was like, no fucking shit. So just making connections, I feel like is way, way more important than your education. It's all about your passion. If you have, if you have no idea how to play the guitar, but you go in a guitar center every day, you know, somebody will like passion is always recognized you know if you show up I don't really know too much about directing a feature film but if I keep showing up and trying to direct TV commercials and things like that I'm gonna learn more more and more every day because there's someone out there that knows more than me that can teach me and it's not gonna cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars because guess what time is money right so that's a con no guarantee um, the other thing too is that and this isn't like a huge con it's just something that is something that weighed on my mind and it's that there's you know you'll second guess and you might hate it right so you pay all this money you go to film school and then you decide that you don't want to be a film director you want to be a cinematographer or some you know it's like and then all of a sudden you're in the wrong class or in the wrong courses or you end up hating it this film isn't what you wanted to do and you're just not having a good time what you really want to do is music like stuff like that is normal and it's normal to think those things and it's normal to have those conversations with yourself but I would rather have those conversations with myself at home than in a college dorm room where I'm hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt I'd rather you know because changing your course when you're on your own is is a lot easier um, when you're not bound to something so I think if you're gung-ho and you're for sure about it then do it another thing I would recommend and it's something that I've been considering is there's a lot of community colleges in your area I'm I'm almost positive there is and a lot of them do have film courses or they have writing courses or you know scripting or theater courses and you can purchase those courses like solo if that makes sense so I've been thinking about taking a film course at our community college and I just pay for that one class it's several hundred dollars and I just go to that one class I don't get any sort of a degree or anything it's just it's more of a knowledge thing you just go and you learn what they have to teach you 
but that kind of helps you decide like if you're able to go there first and then it works out well for you then you can really you know press forward to to um going to a major university and enrolling yourself full time in you know and 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 setting your major and things like that but i would recommend cuz the, the courses aren't very long either they're only a couple months 3 months 4 months and you go twice a week tuesday and thursday night for an hour and a half for probably like seven, 800 bucks, that's something that's totally doable. A lot of people can do that. And it's just more so you're, you're learning, you're meeting people that are interested and you could, you never know. It could be something good for you where you go and you go to this local course and you meet some people in your film class. And then you decide that you don't want to go back and guess what? He or she doesn't want to go back either, but you guys really wanted to work together. And then you start your own production company and you start, writing short films or they know someone that you don't know and you guys make these connections, right? There's, like I said, there's eight, eight million different directions you could go with this. Um, a lot of the pros, I think, are... The pros outweigh the cons, but I feel like the cons are greater than the pros, right? So you got pros, which is, you know, you get to practice your craft every single day. People are uh, catering to the way that you learn and helping you develop your creative brain in a way that you've never experienced before, you know, accelerated learning, you get to make connections with people, um, you get to learn to work with all this really expensive equipment, you get to meet like-minded people, like I said, and really just kind of, you know, being around people that are supportive of the same thing that you're interested in, as well as being interested in the same thing that you're interested in, has a huge impact on your mood, on your, um, your, I don't even remember what it's called now, confidence, um, things like that. I think the pros definitely outweigh the cons, but the cons are greater than the pros. So in kind of like a, not really like in conclusion, but kind of a wrap up is I think if money isn't an option, I think you should 100% go to film school, but don't it doesn't guarantee you anything. So don't go in with super high expectations, but go in with having high expectations from yourself, if that makes sense. Don't go to film school expecting a lot from film school. Go to film school expecting a lot out of yourself, right? It's kind of, it's the same thing that, that John F. Kennedy said, right? He says, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Don't think to yourself, what can film school do for me? Think to yourself, what can I do for film school, right? I think that's a really good way to approach it. The next step below that is if you're unsure if you want to go to school or if money is kind of an issue but you could figure it out, take a college course. Um, take a online course. There's tons of online courses that you can take. Same thing that are a couple hundred dollars. Um, for instance, I'm going to sign up for the masterclass course with Werner. I can never pronounce his last name, but he directed... Um, couple movies with Christian Bale. He mostly does documentaries. So if you go to masterclass.com, there's, it's like $90 over six hours worth of video content, lessons, spreadsheets from all these professionals. They have a course on there. Same thing, 90 bucks from Gordon Ramsay. And he teaches you a lot of his secrets about cooking and knife skills and how to prep your kitchen. And then they've got one with Kevin Spacey that talks about acting and Hans Zimmer, music, and they've got some people that write scripts and screenplays for television. Dead Mouse is on there, and he's talking about how to produce music. Uh, Christina Aguilera talking about singing. Usher's talking about dancing. It's um, 
90bucksmasterclass.com. Take one of those courses. Just anything you can do to expand your knowledge is never bad. Whether Even if it's books, get books. Start reading books on how to direct film. I have several books that are just like how to direct movies, how to start your own production company, how to manage money, how to create unforgettable characters, you know. Always be learning, always be seeking, searching, uh, whether you're in film school or, or not. But I would say the first, first money's not an issue, go to film school. Money is kind of an issue or you're just unsure. Take some sort of community course or online course. And then if money, like me, is definitely an issue and you just there's just really not any way it's going to happen, um, still look into online courses and things like that. But then, you know, set your path. There's tons of local things that you probably haven't even heard of. Get on Craigslist or, you know, here in Utah, we have a local website called KSL and basically it's just local and it's not necessarily news, but it's like jobs and uh, job listings and uh, what else, news, weather. There's these things called the classified. You can sell and buy things on there. But basically, um, there's, there's tons of local things that you don't even, that you don't even know about. There's tons of like here, you know, like I said, KSL is our local news station. Get a job at your local news station as a cameraman, as a production assistant. Work your way up. It's television. It's published work. One thing I learned is that for a while I thought being a journalist would be pretty fun and doing news reports. But if you, like let's say you're going to a college university and you write an article and it gets published in your school newspaper, even though it's a school newspaper, it's published work and people take it seriously. You can get it, like if all you did was write papers for the, or articles for the school paper and you applied it to journalism, that's legitimate published work that they will very heavily consider and take seriously. It's the same thing with film and television. If you want to be a cameraman for a feature film or you want to be a cinematographer or a director, it's going to be way better on my resume to say, hey, I worked at my local news station for two years as a camera operator when I contact like I don't know, some sort of production company that shoots TV commercials or shoots films, they're more likely to take me seriously. I have experience. So stuff like that. Um, if you have a camera, start photograph, start small. Photograph, um, start with photography, learn how to frame your shots. I am a photographer for a car dealership. Even though I want to make videos, photography is just as important. It teaches you, you know, how to frame things, how to light things, where to stand, where to look, rule of thirds. You know, um, do weddings. A lot of people do photography for weddings and, and videos for weddings. And I feel like that's really helpful just because you spend, what, one Saturday at a wedding for four or five hours and it helps you grow as a filmmaker or as a, I want to call it like a frame worker. And basically what I, what, what I mean by that is like what is going on in your frame because you're shooting people. And I feel like it, if you were to do weddings, everything's candid. There's no cut. There's no action. There's no stop and do that again. You just have to catch those moments and it'll train your brain to, to, to be really on key and to be really sharp. There's tons and tons of things you can do. And it was really hard for me to accept that as well, to accept that, you know, there were other things out there besides film school that would work and that would benefit me and that are good things to do. So, I mean, in conclusion, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. There's no yes or no, you should or you shouldn't. It just depends on your situation. But just know that if you have, for some reason, you got enough money to go to film school, you need to do it. You need to take that opportunity, but also understand that, 
you know, your dream's only going to work as hard as you do. So if you go up to film school and you're just kind of having fun, well, your dream's going to kind of have fun too. You know what I'm saying? But if you take it seriously, your dream's going to take you seriously. And if you don't really know, take courses or if money is a total, total swift kick in the ass and you have negative money, then, you know, it's like just know that there are millions and millions of options that you can you can pursue. I mean, for instance, I wrote down just a couple of people on here on my list. Um, you know, you look at Steven Spielberg, that dude's worth over two or three billion dollars. Didn't go to film school, got rejected from film school several times. Um, it was just his dream. It was it was his passion that pushed him forward and his willingness to learn. And you, you have to do things like if you look up Steven Spielberg, he used to break into the universe a lot. And I say break in, he didn't ruin anything. He used to hop the fence and sneak into the Universal lot and look at all these movie sets and look at all these things. It was, you have to take risks like that. Sneak onto movie sets. You know, um, if you hear that there's going to be somebody that's really important at a party, go to that party, sneak into the party, meet these people. Don't be afraid. Don't be like, oh, well, I'm a nobody. Why would he care? Why would this, that, and the other, you know? When I when when I met Kate Beckinsale, uh, someone else before me had asked her, you know, what are some advices or what, what what advice would you give to somebody that wants to be an actor or an actress? And it was cool because it wasn't like go to school or just believe in yourself. Her advice was, you know, go to the movies whenever you can. Go to the movie theaters and just watch and study and learn why you like the things that you do and and why you don't like the things that you don't and become very empathetic towards your your dream learn to understand it and it was just interesting because a lot of people give a lot of technical advice it's either oh don't give up and you know just keep going or it's like yeah go to film school you know it's just super technical but it was kind of nice to hear something like that you know it's like something that everyone has access to is the movies go to the movies i try to go to the movies as much as possible not just because i love movies but just because I can study them, I can learn, you know, I can really experiment with them. Um, a, a case with like the middle ground is Zack Snyder, right? He did go to film school, um, but what he did was he went to film school, developed a portfolio of five or six TV commercials, and sent those around and got a job. That was his whole purpose. You got to think, Zack Snyder's like 50, 50 years old, I think. So he went to school, at, like college, in the late 80s, early 90s started his you know started his production career so he did commercials for 15 years after he graduated and then did his first feature in 2003 so 15 you know 15 years before that back in the 80s they didn't have the Sony A7S2 that shoots in 4K 120 frames per second slow motion you know the only way for him to get access to the equipment was to go to film school so for him it just made sense um, but he didn't even really use film school as, oh, I went to film school and I have a degree, look at me. It was to, you know, get around this equipment and make connections. Um, Martin Scorsese went to film school. He went to one of the, and it's, you know, you gotta think about stuff like that, is that Martin Scorsese went to the, one of the best film schools there is, and he makes some of the best movies, you know, some of the most critically acclaimed movies of all time. And, uh, let's see, John Farview. He didn't go to film school. He started out as an actor. He was an actor first and then started directing and kind of, you know, it's like there's there's tons and tons of different ways. And with that same with that same note, Ben Affleck went to school 
and he wanted to be a film director. Him and Matt Damon went to school. They were broke. They were roommates. They wrote the script for Goodwill Hunting. They sold that, and they decided to be in it. Started out as actors, and now they both do acting and directing. It's just, it. there's hundreds and hundreds of ways. It, like I said, eight million different ways, right? That you can follow your dream and that you can... Um, that you can accomplish this. And it's not even just for film directing. I feel like this is relevant to any sort of uh, field in that industry, whether it's television, music, um, movies. It's There's just a lot of things that you can do. So that's kind of my my whole, I guess, reasoning for it and, and my whole thought process on why I decided not to go. And uh, if you do decide to go, this is the advice that I would give you. And it's not really... Like I, you know, I feel like the advice would be a lot more valid if it was from somebody that was a lot, you know, like from Zack Snyder or Spielberg or, you know, Scorsese. But I think I hope that my advice is is more relatable just because I'm probably the same age as a lot of you guys. I'm 23, very young. Um, I want to pursue this as a career. I don't know really what I'm doing, but these are the kind of decisions that I'm making. And these are the kinds of things that I'm, that I've been thinking about. And I just think that if I'm able to relate with you guys on some sort of level from a mental maturity standpoint, if that makes sense, um, in a way where we kind of have the same, same thoughts where we're caught in the same universe, you know, um, I hope it helps. And I just, I hope that I'm able to kind of direct you guys in the direction you want to go or answer some of your questions. If you guys actually, if you have any questions or if you want to just talk about this or anything, I do have a Twitter account now and it is at podcast load. So on Twitter, it's just at podcast L O A D. And let me make sure that is the case or it's not the other way around. Yep. It's at load podcast. So make sure you guys drop a follow over on the Twitter page, um, I'm going to try to be as interactive as possible, so tweet me with any questions that you have. Also, if you guys have any more in-depth questions or you want to have like a private conversation or anything, you can reach out to me on my email, which is podcastload at gmail.com. So it's the same thing as the Twitter at, but it's just for, um, you know, for my email. So if you guys want to email me or hit me up on Twitter... Feel free to do so. Um, the last thing I'll leave you guys with is a quote, and I wish I could remember who it was from. Unfortunately, I don't. But the, there's this quote that I read, and I feel like it resonates with me super well at least, and it says, It's never been more expensive to go to school, and it's never been cheaper to make a film. So basically what that means is school is the most expensive it's ever been, and making a film is the cheapest it's ever been. So I try to think about that when um, – when I'm pursuing my dreams, you know, when I'm, when I'm working towards this career, but that's all I wanted to leave you guys with. Like I said, I really hope I was able to help you guys out. I really hope I was able to answer some questions. If you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure you, like I said, hit me up on Twitter. I'm down to talk and chat or whatever. Uh, leave a comment if you're listening to the SoundCloud. Um, yeah, but I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Let me know if you guys have any suggestions or any other kind of segments that I can do. I'm open to ideas and interpretations and whatever. Um, I really would like to do some listener mail. So if you guys want, I, I don't really know what it would be about though. You know, like that's the struggle. But I really want to do some listener mail. So just feel free to stay in contact. Do what it is what you guys got to do. And uh, just keep shooting. We'll catch you guys later. Bye.